Get ready, we're turning it up. Get ready, get ready, we're turning it up. What's going on, my fellow champs? Welcome in to another episode of the Pigskin Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Justin Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter at pigskin underscore jgonzo. Sitting across the table from me is my best friend, Derek Bordeaux. You can find him on Twitter at pigskin underscore drock. Derek, man, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great, dude. Doing absolutely great. Suns in six. Um, it's a bandwagon Suns fan. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just I'm I'm the adopted son of the Suns. Okay. Um, no, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. My kid's birthday's tomorrow. Turns three years old. It's my, my yeah, Miles. So it's pretty exciting, man. Your due date's coming up, Justin. Yes, it is, man. It's, so, it's right around the corner. To just two dads on a podcast, man. Yeah, man. Getting away from our kids. <laughs> Talk a little football. Well, just, just, just me for right now. But you yes. will eventually, and you will know what it's like. <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, today's show, we are going to be covering our value picks and our rocket ships. We're taking players that present a great value to the fantasy managers in drafts, along with our players that we think are going to break out here in 2021. I'm very excited for this, man. I think uh, we got some great picks and got uh, great players. But first, man, let's talk some news. Hey, what happened? All right, man. Biggest news so far this week. You got Saints offensive tackle Ryan Ramchek signing a five-year, $90 million extension. Offensive lineman getting paid. Tell him to bring me my money. Absolutely love to hear it, man. Highest Hello. paid right tackle in the league. Yes, sir. I don't know where they found the money at, but <laughs> they found it. Hey, the salary cap is a myth, okay? <laughs> Patriots running back Damian Harris viewed as the, quote, decisive RB1 in I love the so hype far. trains, man. I love the hypes. Damian Harris, hype man. Hype up. No matter what, they, what beat reporters say about the Patriots running back situation, I'm still not going to draft any of them. Yeah, because I they're, mean, they're going to be maybe at a value. All right, Bengals running back, <laughs> Bengals running back Joe Mixon, set to be the set to see the biggest workload of his career per beat reporters. This also in oh. Joe Mixon unlikely to have every down roll. <laughs> so I don't know what to believe with beat writers. My life is a lie. <laughs> they, I feel like they say this every year about Joe Mixon. He's going to be see the biggest workload. He's going to play eighty percent of the snaps. He's going to be in on third downs. He's yeah. going to be a pass catcher. He's going to do all this. Never happens. In this this role that he presents, I think he has the best opportunity to do. Yeah, because Gio is in Tampa now. Yes, and there's nobody behind him besides Chris Evans, who has been getting a little bit of hype hey, out Samaj of OTIs. P. Ryan is and, okay. So there's it. nobody behind him. Um, I think that if Joe Mixon is healthy this year, I do believe he does get a increased role, and it definitely helps that he's got a lot of weapons on the outside, which he probably won't face. A lot of tough boxes and stuff like that. So I really do think that Joe Mixon is in for a decent or a very good fantasy football output this year. Yeah, I mean, hey, I gotta see it to believe it. So um, I'm on it, man. I'm on that. I'm on that train. I all think right, Pittsburgh in the news this week for 
releasing offensive guard David DeCastro, former Stanford Cardinal. That's, that's their mascot, right, Stanford? I think so. Yes. Uh, yeah, they released <laughs> former offensive guard David DeCastro and then went ahead and signed offensive guard Trey Turner to a one-year deal. That only leaves one returning starter from the 2020 offensive line on the roster. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because well, they weren't very good last year. The offensive year. line was pretty bad last year. So, I mean, hey, it could be addition by subtraction. We'll see. We'll definitely see. Yeah. It's not changing my mindset about Najee Harris. So No, not at all. And we'll talk about Najee Harris a little bit later. little teaser? Spoiler alert. <clears throat> I was looking for the right word. Aaron Rodgers. Don't really have a huge update on Aaron Rodgers right here, but I just want to point out that I feel like we're going to know more about the situation on Friday. And today, it's Wednesday night. We're recording this Wednesday. This is dropping on Thursday. Keep an eye out for the Aaron Rodgers news to drop on Friday. He has, on Friday, he has an opportunity to, well, this is the deadline for him to opt out of the se- of his of the season, but he can still make pretty much the same amount of money he would make as if he played. So, this is a big power move. We'll see what happens. If he opts out, he's done for the year. If not, there's probably a chance he comes back and plays. I don't think they're going to trade him, but just keep an eye out for it. There's no real update yet except Friday's the day that we're going to know more information. Okay, so when you're doing your drafts, doing your mock drafts, keep that in mind. Friday's a big day. Okay, last bit of news we have. Not fantasy football later. I just want to throw this out there. The NCAA suspended all rules prohibiting college athletes from selling the rights to their names, images, and likeness. That goes into effect tomorrow, Thursday, July 1st. So what this means is any college athlete can now make money off their name. They're they're not, before they were considered an amateur athlete, the NCAA didn't allow them to make money. You couldn't have a YouTube channel and make money. You couldn't get a job. Like like Trevor Lawrence couldn't get a job at McDonald's if he wanted to. Like There was a bunch of rules in place to keep these athletes that were on scholarship from making money. The biggest, the reason why I have this in here is that one of the greatest video games of all time, NCAA, the NCAA franchise, the NCAA football franchise, now has a clear path to return. I'm super excited. This is just personal news for me. Okay, I'm just, <laughs> I'll just let you know that if that game comes back and is anything like Madden currently is, man, Justin, you might be doing solo shows. All I right. <laughs> I want to, you know, dig deep, do some uh, cardio. I'll be all right. I think you need to learn how to work the soundboard. We'll figure it out. <laughs> YouTube's wonders, bro. Yeah. Dude, all the right, last uh, bit of news, though, man, it just came out. I just came across this today. This is breaking news. It's like kind of a little breaking news. I feel really bad for this high school team, though. I feel really bad. Why? Because they hired Adam Gase as their offensive coordinator. What? Is that real? (laughs) There's an article out there that Adam Gase just got hired as offensive coordinator. You need to send me this article (laughs) right now. No way. Dude, I swear. I just came across this. No way. Yes. My oh, lord, I feel bad for those. If uh, I'm a those college kids. coach, if I'm a college coach, I am going to that high school to recruit any player that's on that offense. You know why? Because every player that leaves Adam Gase's offense is an immediate superstar. Absolutely. Afterwards, so if I'm Nick Saban in Alabama, if I'm Dan Mullen, if I'm freaking, 
I don't know who. If I'm any college head coach, I'm going straight to that college program. And I'd be like, yo, Adam, what's up, man? I know you flamed out in the NFL. <laughs> who you got? Who's your quarterback? That's interesting, man. That is that is super interesting. Why, who would give that guy a job? Anyway, uh, Justin, you want to play a game? Bro, let's do it. I want to play a game. All right, guys. So we are introducing a little game that we are going to call Champ's Choice. And we're going to break down two guys real quick. And we're going we're gonna to see who we would prefer based on like ADP, ECR, all the stuff, and our rankings. Uh, you know, there's there's a couple guys that, you know, there's some discrepancies on who would you like. Maybe, you know, you might want to wait around later and take a more of a value or whatever. So we're going to – the first two players, Derek, today that we're going to talk about is Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. All right, I felt like these are two quarterbacks that are in the top five that, you know, there's there's one that's going a little bit earlier than the other. But, you know, there's been some discrepancies on maybe I would rather wait. Maybe I would rather, you know, uh, chase. It, 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 it all depends, you know. So, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, who would you rather have on your NFL team if you were drafting? Wait, is this NFL team or is this my fantasy Sorry, team? your fantasy team if you are drafting. Well, right now, <clears throat> I currently have Lamar Jackson one spot higher than Kyler Murray. And that's after a bump up today. I did bump. I did have Kyler Murray ahead of him. And earlier in this offseason, I definitely had Kyler Murray way too high. I was drinking the Kool-Aid, man. <laughs> I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was just, I was playing around with rankings. Okay. So don't, don't take my word for it. I, I had him at one, but I have since right, right the ship. And now Mahomes is at one. I've got Kyler sitting at QB four. Now again, I mean, we're we're talking about we're really pulling hairs here because these are the top you know four or five guys. I'm gonna take Lamar Jackson. Okay, I'm gonna take Lamar Jackson based off of he's a he's an, he's an NFL MVP. He's you know a guy that can give you a thousand yards on the ground every year. He's a guy that he's getting. He has the best weapons that he's ever had in his career right now. So I'm going to take Lamar Jackson. I like the upside, his rushing upside. I think he has more designed quarterback runs. And he's also, I just number one, I think he's a better runner. Uh, between the two guys, I think he's a better runner. Now, Kyler, you could argue, is the better passer. But I'm just, I'm going to take that rushing upside. I'm taking Lamar Jackson. Okay. Um, so for me, the... ADP for them is they're not separated by a whole lot. They're separated by about six spots right now. Uh, Lamar Jackson's going right now at like ADP 41. Kyler Murray's at ADP 35. So to me, I thought there was a little bit more of a, of a separate, like to me, I thought there was a little bit more separation between the two in ADP. Like I thought like Lamar was going a little bit, like maybe about a whole round later, um, with it only being about about half a round later, I'm willing to I'm willing to go ahead and say that I would probably want Kyler, uh, just because I think this is gonna be the year that he kind of like takes that next step. Um, I think he has great weapons around him. 
even though AJ Green is not a very viable option for fantasy, I think he's still a very good wide receiver in the like that. Not in the fact that like he could be the number one, but the fact that defenses still are gonna have to account for him. You know, it's still AJ Green. He still was able to produce in the NFL. Uh, he knows how to win in the NFL, like win his routes and win against defensive backs, especially if he's, you know, going against a rookie or, you know, the number two option on the defense or whatever. So, you know, I think that he has decent guys. I don't think there's a stud running back in the backfield with them. Like Kenyon Drake got, you know, 10 touchdowns on the ground, but it wasn't very viable. Like you don't have that burner, that workhorse in the back. Chase Edmonds, he's okay. You know, he's not the best. I think that uh, James Conner, you know, we saw what he did last year. I know that it's a little bit upgrade in the offensive line, but I really think that Kyler Murray, he prevents or presents a rushing ability just like Lamar Jackson, but I think he has, he's got a D hop. He's, you know, he's got uh, Christian Kirk, who's shown flashes, AJ Green, a Rondell Moore they brought in, you know, so I think that. I think he's going to succeed a little bit more. And I think because the ADPs are so close, I think I would rather go after Kyler than I would Lamar. Okay. So I, I respect that opinion because, I mean, again, to me, they're back to back in my rankings. I'm interested to see where do you have Kyler Murray ranked? Uh, I have Kyler Murray ranked three okay. with Lamar at four okay. uh, right now. See, we have him, we have him flipped. I have yeah. Lamar at three, Kyler at four. Okay. So. I mean, yeah, this is, this is an easy pick. I mean, but we're splitting hairs, right? We're splitting. Yeah. Hairs. Oh, absolutely. They could either one of them. I feel like has QB one upside. Where would you be comfortable taking him? What round are you comfortable pulling the trigger on Kyler Murray in twenty twenty one redraft single quarterback? Let's go single quarterback, not super single fast. quarterback. Probably fifth round. Okay. Fifth round. So yeah, see, I feel like the same know, way. Yeah. Would, so fourth round's too early for you? Yeah. Fourth round, there's there's some really, really good wide receivers in that fourth round. Yeah. That I would so I, some good running backs yeah, there too. Exactly. We'll talk about so. a couple of them that are in that third round too. For that, sure. that fourth round too. So all right, man. Last um wow. Okay, hold up. <clears throat> All right, guys, just want to remind you guys to follow the show on Twitter at Pigskin Champs and on Facebook at Pigskin Champs Pod. Let's talk some value. All right, guys, so value picks. Okay, we're focusing on middle rounds of the draft. Which players do we see are values based on their ADP? And honestly, man, this could be middle round, late round. Um, We're kind of steering away from the top one, two, maybe three rounds just because those guys are, uh, you know, it's hard to find great value in those picks because you have to do what you have to do, especially in the first round. You're not going to get a whole lot of value there. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get a top 12 guy in that round. So, or, you know, for the most part, you're going to get a top 12 guy in that round. So we're trying to stick to middle round, middle round to late round guys. Who's a value based on their ADP? Uh, Justin, we're going to start off with you. Give me your first guy who is a value pick in 2021. All right, man. My first value pick is the newest addition to the Washington football team, Curtis Samuel. I think that. Curtis Samuel has, you know, right now he's going as the wide receiver 39 current uh, ECR or current ADP is right around the eighth or ninth round. And I think that when you're looking at a player in those eight, nine, 10 round in your draft, you're 
you're not ex- you're expecting upside. You know, I I don't think you're drafting for safety. You're more drafting for the upside. These are the guys that you're wanting that could make that jump. You know, he was wide receiver 25 last year, but you're drafting him at wide receiver 39. He's now the number two option in what we project to be a more down the field passing attack or, you know, it's not the dump offs, 110 targets to JD McKissick anymore. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick, which it's not a huge upgrade, but it is more of an upgrade to, to than it was to Alex Smith because he's throws the ball down the field more. He stretches the field. You know, he's, he was playing with house money down in, down in Miami. Man. Yeah. I actually loved watching him play as a Dolphins fan because it's like, it, it kind of reminded you of like the college days where he's just out there having fun. Like, he's, you know, he's just, mm-hmm. he's just out there just balling and doing whatever. And, and you could see he was a good teammate. Everybody loved him. I think that he is a guy that, you know, kind of leans on his number one and number two options. And if that is Curtis Samuel, I think getting him at wide receiver 39 is a huge steal. I think it's a very, very good value pick. And you're, you're not giving up much to get him. Yeah. You're not at all. Like, so for me, if I'm sitting there and he's my wide receiver three or four on my team, I'm happy putting him in my flex spot every single week, every single week. Cause I think he's going to produce and be maybe a wide receiver two this year. You know, he was right on that cusp last year. Top 25. But I think that, I think that him and Terry McLaurin are in for a very, very good season. I think the passing opportunity is going to go up a little bit. Um, I think that they are already a top 10 passing team line or as far as attempts go. Yeah. But look at what those attempts were. There's, there's a reason why Logan Thomas was so high at uh, tight end and Jaden McKissick was so yeah. viable last year is because they were just getting those little dump off passes. Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, but I think with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're supposed, you're going to get a different type of offense and Curtis Samuel was one of Ron Rivera's guys. They went out and they got him. There's a reason why Ron Rivera went out and got him from Carolina. You know, he could have pre- he could have pressed for Kenny Galladay. He could have pressed for other people. He went out and pretty early got Curtis Samuel on his team, a guy that he drafted, somebody that he's familiar with. So I really think that if you're going to take a shot on somebody in those, like, I would say early, late rounds is how I would. They're not really, it's real kind of past the middle, but you're getting towards the later rounds, that eight, nine, 10 spot. I think that the middle, it, yeah, but it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I, cause I'm considering the middle like five, six, seven ish. I feel like in the eighth round, you're kind of taking your chance on, on those guys. You want yeah. the upside guys. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So I really think that Curtis Samuel is that guy that gives you the most upside within the tier that he's in. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, he was a top 25 wide receiver last year. He goes into an offense that had, that was top 10 in past attempts. He's a, a guy that can do a lot of different things for an offense. He can be a running back. He can be a receiver. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. He's very versatile. And he did play with Ron Rivera. Now, they didn't use him the way that they should have. But the blueprint to how to use Curtis Samuel was laid out last year in Carolina. I think they're going to go to that, and I completely agree. Curtis Samuel is a screaming value at, what do you say, wide receiver 39? Yeah. He was a top 25 wide receiver last year, and he's going to go and play. Who, who's better? Who I mean, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick and Teddy Bridgewater. Are they pretty much? They're not the same quarterback. I think I would take Teddy Bridgewater right now at this stage of their career. But the upside with those two quarterbacks, I mean, they're they're pretty much. I mean, it's pretty much a wash. Like he has decent quarterback play, like he did last year. He just needs an offensive the offense coordinator to use him the way he was used last year, and not the way he was used the year before. I'm excited about Curtis Samuel. I think that's a great pick, right there. All right, man. Uh, who is your first value pick, Dirk? All right, this my first guy is Mike Davis, the running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Consensus ADP right now is RB twenty eight, going sixty sixth overall. Okay, so that's the four, five, and six round range. Okay, five nine two twenty. He's an ideal. He has an ideal frame right to handle that expanded workload. He was carrying the load for Carolina last year after McCaffrey went down. And ended up as a, as an RB one. He's playing in an offense that has, I mean, just these these are the depth depth pieces behind Mike Davis. Literally nothing. There is literally nothing behind him. Okay, Quadri Allison is not is not going to move the needle. Okay, I'm sitting here looking at. I mean, I have I have the Falcons uh, actually statted out. For 2021, I have Mike Davis sitting at just just a hair over 300 touches. Now, I can only give Quadriolison 70 carries. Like, who else are you going to give carries to? They got Javian Hawkins. They got Cordero Patterson. Like I said, crickets. <laughs> like, there, there's nobody behind him. Now, unless they sign somebody, but I don't think that they're going to sign a guy that's going to move the needle and take carries like meaningful touches away from Mike Davis. Arthur Smith, new head coach, bringing over that Derrick Henry offense, right? The, the the offense that leans on the running game, leans on play action pass. You need a bell cow to make that offense go. I think it's going to be a modified Derrick Henry offense. If that's a actual term, we'll, we'll call it modified D Henry, right? Do they give him the ball 350 times? No. But I could easily see Mike Davis being the true workhorse in this offense, right? Now, so as far as rushing aside, now he's not rushing for two thousand yards. Let's just put that out there right now. I don't. That's I don't. I'm not projecting that. I don't have that in his range of outcomes right now. I've got him just just over a thousand, but I got him with nine touchdowns and very active in the passing game with thirty four catches. I mean, I feel like that's pretty reasonable. Two hundred twenty two fantasy points. I mean, that's. That's pretty good. I mean, it's not an elite-level player, but that's a guy you can lean on, especially in those later rounds. Now, let's talk about the passing game a little bit because I do expect, you know, I don't expect the Falcons to have a super run-heavy approach because they have, you know, historically been a super high-volume passing offense, especially the last couple of years. I don't believe that they're going to have that huge shift I feel like it's going to take a little bit more time for it to shift. So it's going to be, I mean, they're still probably going to throw more than they run this year, but I think that the gap between their amount of run plays called, amount of pass plays called is going to shrink. Let's look at target share in Tennessee in 2020. The running back position in Tennessee had a 12% target share. Atlanta in 2020, the running back position had a 17% target share. Okay. I feel like that number this year in 2021 is going to be probably somewhere in the middle of that 12 to 17 range, right? Mike Davis was seventh in the NFL last year in, in target in target share of 14.3%. Okay, so that's right there. That's a number right in the middle. That's where he was last year in Carolina. 
80% of his games were an RB3 or better performance, and only 20% of his games were outside the RB3 range. People want to talk about how he broke down towards the end of the year. That's all hogwash. You don't want to listen to that because he was a good player the majority of the season. When he was when he was out there playing, he was the guy. You were playing him. You weren't you didn't have him on your bench. He was covering for McCaffrey and he did a great job. Okay. He was 10th in the NFL in 10 zone attempts. Okay, so that's rushes inside the 10 yard line. Okay, so he had 21 carries and six touchdowns. Okay, so he's he's a good goal line back too. And like I said, who's behind him to steal work from him? Exactly. <laughs> Last point that I'll make about Mike Davis. He was a running back six weeks three through 14 in 2020. The running back six. If I can get that at an RB28 price tag, super excited. I think he's a huge value pick in 2021. Yeah, man. Um, I, what was his uh, ADP? 66 overall 66 overall man so you're i mean you're looking into those middle rounds um and you're you're you're, i mean you're taking what could be your rb3 and he's projected to be the lone back right now like yeah i'm saying the the workhorse back of this offense volume um, is king and absolutely if you look just look at their depth chart he's the only one there and if you're if you're gonna realistically say that Arthur Smith is gonna bring the same or something close, like a modified approach to what they did last year with Derrick Henry or the last couple years of Derrick Henry, then you have to project him with close to 300 touches. You're doing yourself a disservice if you think Quadri Allison is gonna carry the ball 100 times. There's yes. no way. And I mean, it also helps that he doesn't have the most mobile quarterback under center as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's going around guys like Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon, and uh uh Raheem Mostert. But out of those guys, like I would probably take Mike Davis to be my safest pick. Like my a solid RB two, RB three, you know, if you're weighted on R B a little bit and it's your R B two. Um but like Chase Edmonds got Kyler Murray. We just talked about him. He's got a very high rushing floor. Like he's gonna he's gonna rush the ball. You know, especially if he's in, he's in trouble. He's a smaller guy. He gets rolls out. He's fast as heck, man. Like he can get out of there. Uh, Melvin Gordon could be losing touches to Javante Williams. It might be a split timeshare. Raheem Moster, that's a timeshare. He can never stay healthy. I know we don't draft. You know, we don't predict injury, but it, it's been a thing where. You know, Trey Sermon might come on or whatever, and maybe the switch to Trey Lance, who's also more rushing ability as a as a QB. You know, he loses a little bit. Uh, you know, I just I, I do definitely think that he's a very very good uh, value pick. I, I do like that pick. Uh, it was gonna be one of mine until I seen it seen it on the show. Yeah, I got, I got to it first. But uh, yeah, dude, I, I love that pick. All right, man. So my next pick that a lot of people. You know, you don't hear his name a lot. He's not tied to the best QB who people, so, uh, there's a very big QB discrepancy on who's going to be the starter. Uh, this guy got hurt week one last year, but Cortland Sutton to me is a very, very good value in this year's draft. He's currently going at wide receiver 29. ADP 79. So uh, I know in our mock draft, I went ahead and I, I selected him as like my wide receiver three. Now, if 
Drew Locke is the starting quarterback. I I I just also I mean I temper expectations. I think he can still finish as a QB or as a wide receiver too. I don't think he's got much ceiling with Drew Locke under center. Okay, I don't think that Drew Locke can support multiple top twenty-five guys like his competition Teddy Bridgewater. If Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback, I'm a lot more excited. I'm I'm a lot more comfortable with the pick and maybe even a wide receiver too later on throughout the season. Um, you know, it could per, like he, he could project to that. He could, you know, he he did it. Um, if he's if he's the wide receiver one on this team, like who uh. DJ Moore was in the teens, wasn't he? Last year, like that's where he finished. And I just think that if Teddy Bridgewater wins this job and he starts all year long, I think that Cortland Sutton can definitely be a very viable option that you're getting at a very, very good price. Okay. The I'm not saying he's gonna be this huge breakout star or anything like that, but he's a very, very good talented wide receiver. And I think just with the him missing an entire season, uh, not being able to see what his chemistry was with Drew Locke, all that kind of stuff. I just don't think that people are very high on him, but I can definitely see him going higher than some of these guys. You know, you have him, uh, DJ Charks being selected two spots higher than him. Definitely want Court and Sutton higher than that. Uh, Chase Claypool is going almost a whole whole round before him. Juju Smith-Schuster is going right around him. Uh, you've got uh, Kenny Galladay's even before him. You got Tyler Lockett going before him. I would probably take Tyler Lockett before I take Cortland, uh, just for the the pure upside alone. But I I don't know. To me, Cortland Sutton is a very very good player. I'm very comfortable with him in my lineup, especially at the wide receiver three value that you're selecting him at. I mean, I like the pick. I think it's going to be Teddy. I think I've said it numerous times. I, I truly want it to be Teddy. Yeah. But I don't believe, I really truly believe that this is the last year for Drew Locke. Like, if he can't figure it out this year with the supporting cast that he has, I I don't know. I just don't think this is a Daniel Jones situation. I think this is a, if he can't beat Teddy Bridgewater in training camp, I think he's done. Yeah. Like, I don't, I just don't think he gets out of training camp. And th- and starts week one, if Teddy Bridgewater is playing better than him, I just I I'm just not convinced. So, if to me, this all depends on who wins the quarterback job. If it's Drew Locke, which again I I don't think it's going to happen, but if it's Drew Locke, then this pick is probably you're probably not getting a great value because he'll probably struggle. And you know it's just there's a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, I have a lot more confidence that Teddy Teddy can support multiple guys. He's proven it that he's that he can do it. And his teammate, who we'll talk about later, spoiler alert, I think could also be a great player in this offense. So I we need the world needs Teddy Bridgewater to win this <laughs> job. Okay. Drew Locke, we all need Drew Locke to hold the clipboard Absolutely. and stand on the sideline. Okay. So yeah, I like the pick, Justin. All right, man. What's your uh Okay, so my number two, and we're gonna go we're gonna dip into the tight end room. Okay, we're gonna go talk some tight ends real quick. My guy right now, or my second pick for a value pick is Tyler Higby, tight end for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, his consensus ADP is tight end 15, 128th overall. Okay. Now, I've said it, I think, on the last podcast, I probably said it on the podcast before. You'll hear me say it 15 million times. I'll say it on the next mock draft episode we do. 
I all I I'm either drafting Kelsey or Kittle in the third or fourth. Sorry, Kelsey or Waller third or fourth round, or I'm waiting until after round ten to take a tight end. So I'm not taking the guys in the middle. Higby's being drafted as a tight end 15 right now, 128th overall. That is a price tag I'm willing to pay. Now, he was on a massive hype train last year before the season, and he was one of those middle-round tight ends. I compl- like, I, like I said, my, my strategy is to avoid tight ends in the middle rounds and attack that late. I didn't want Higby last year, and he didn't perform like people thought he would. I mean, he had a monster week two. I think he had three touchdowns in week two. But outside of that, you weren't really happy that you had Tyler Higby. Now, the biggest reason for me why he's going to have a great year this year and could be a great value for you in drafts, Gerald Everett leaves in free agency and goes to Seattle. Then the team acquired Stafford from the Lions and got rid of Jared Goof. Okay? Oof. Jared, sorry, Jared Oof. I was, I'm staying corrected. My bad. All right. Both of those are huge positives for Tyler Higby. Okay? Let's talk about Stafford real quick. Stafford targeted the Detroit tight ends 23% of his pass attempts in 2020. So Detroit tight ends had a 23% target share. Really good. Really good for tight ends, right? With Everett gone, Higby could be could he's gonna take over that role. He's gonna take over all the work that hit that Everett got was a top 10 graded tight end on deep passes of 20 plus yards last season per PFF. Okay. Tight end, and let's look at points scored in the tight end position, right? The tight end five, the difference in points scored last year between the tight end five and the tight end 12 is 18 half PPR points. 18 points. With an increase in volume, he's definitely going to smash that. He's going to smash the tight end 15 uh, price tag that you have to pay to acquire him in drafts this year. If he, you know, if he's, if, if you draft him as your tight end 15, he can, there's an, huge sorry there's a clear path for him to finish in the top five now i don't think he could be higher than you know waller kittle kelsey some of those guys maybe mark andrews hawkinson right but he could be up there and if you're getting him a tight end 15 and he finishes maybe as a top eight tight end i think that's a solid pick for you especially later on in your draft if you're waiting on tight end like i think everyone should I mean, honestly, not everyone should because I want people in my leagues to take them early because then, you know, that might, it plays into my strategy. Take Tyler Higby at towards the end of your draft. People are forgetting about him right now because he didn't play that well last year. He's got an upgraded quarterback, less competition at, uh, on the roster uh, as far as teammates go. And he's a solid tight end. He has that three touchdown in a game upside. He's shown it. He's done it. We've seen it. He's a good tight end. He was just, last year, he was just, he had competition, and he had Jared Oof. So all that situation has been rectified. I think Sean McVay is going to take this offense and throw the gas pedal down because now he doesn't have to worry about teaching Jared Goff how to play football on every snap. Okay, so take Tyler Higby. I think he could be a great player for you. Huge, huge value. Uh, I just... With Tyler Higby, I think that I agree with you. He's one of those guys that is like that middle of the pack, or not middle of the pack, but that group of tight ends that you're willing to take a shot on late, okay? It just depends on what guy you're willing to 
take your mark on, like plant your flag. Hey, this is my late round tight end. This is who I think is going to either break out or give me, you know, some type of stability week in and week out. I think that tied to a better quarterback, tied to a really good team and a really good offense. Uh, I think Matthew Stafford has his options. And I think he has way better options than he had in Detroit. So that's the only thing that kind of, you know, tempers expectations for me with Tyler Higby. But like you said, man, and we've we've said it time and time again, we're splitting hairs when it comes to like tight end seven or eight to tight end 20, man. Like it's a touchdown difference or, you know, it's a couple catch difference or whatever it is, you know. So when you're looking at a guy in that range of tight end 15 that has the possibility of maybe taking that step forward and getting you to tight end six, tight end seven, something like that, or, you know, surprises everybody and, and is actually a week or a league winner, then, you know, yeah, why not? It's one of the, it's just one of those guys that is out there and willing and a very, very good value to give you hopefully the league winning opportunities that you're looking for because Matthew Stafford was able to support a number five tight end in TJ Hawkinson. So granted, the skill set around Matthew Stafford right now is a lot better than it was in Detroit. So let's see how he how he gels with everybody. Let's see who he kind of leads on. Let's see if that tight end option is still somebody. I do like t- Tyler Higby, but it kind of tempers expectations for me because this is like the best skill set that Matthew Stafford has been able to all around skill set that Matthew Stafford. Yeah, he definitely has a lot more weapons uh, to feed the ball to. I just think that. Tyler Higby is not going to be a forgotten man in this offense. Oh, for sure. And I think he's going to be on the field a lot. They run a lot of, you know, 11, you know, well, it's, it's tough to say what personnel group they run, they, they, they run the most. So that's one thing I don't, I try to stay away from when I'm listening to other fantasy analysts, right? Is, is, is people who give hard evidence of, uh, personnel groups and like percentages and stuff, because a lot of coaches will shift their, you know, their philosophy, their tendencies, depending on who's healthy, who's playing well, stuff like that. Uh, Sean McVay is no exception to that. You know, if he's got a healthy two tight ends and maybe his receiving group is a little bit <clears throat> is, you know, banged up, he may run more 12 personnel. If he's got, you know, a banged up tight end group or he's got guys that aren't playing well, he's going to run more three wires, you know, three wide receiver sets. So, but Higby's going to be on the field a lot. The opportunities there. Tight end 15, that's almost free, especially in a 12-man league. You can take him probably with your last pick. And one last thought. Robert Tunyon, Logan Thomas, two top five tight ends from last season, drafted outside the top 15 last season. Okay? So if you're going to take a shot on anybody, take a shot on a guy who has an elite quarterback in Matthew Stafford. Who's tied to a very good offense, for sure. Exactly. All right, man. So my last value pick. Is going to be Chris Carson with the running back with the Seattle Seahawks. He just signed a two-year, $10.4 million deal with the Seattle Seahawks, bringing him back. I love Chris Carson, by the uh, way. I do too, man. I just I, throw that he's, out there. he's one of those guys that is constantly like, I don't know. He's like, undervalued. Definitely undervalued. He's okay. underappreciated. He's, Which he's is, a banger. He's a workhorse. Yes. And he tries to prove 
that he can play all 16 games. That's his biggest knock is he can't play a full season. Yeah. Okay. And I get it. He only played 12 games last year, but right now he's going in the fourth round. Okay. He is currently on in ECR. He's currently running back 18 going at pick like 36, 36, 38, something like that. So, you know, you're getting him at the back end of the three early fourth. So it'll with that, He's a very solid RB2 with some high upside tied to an elite quarterback, tied to a high-scoring offense at times. You know, I think that this team, I don't think their defense got really crazy better. I know they they got better in the last half of the season last year, but I think they're going to be an average defense. I think they're going to have to put up some points, and even if they do – you know, stay within the game and it's a tight game or, you know, they're up and they're protecting the lead. That just helps Chris Carson even more. They're going to give him the ball more. They came out and said that they want to run the ball more, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't believe that coach speak because I think with a quarterback like Russell Wilson and you had the talent that you do at the wide receiver core and a young guy in DK Metcalf, you got a splash player in Tyler Lockett. You know, they just brought in uh Dwayne Eskridge. They just brought in Ger- Gerald Everett. I just think that with all those, you're not going to run the ball more. I think you're going to, it's going to be, you know, maybe split, maybe a 60, 40, whatever it is. But I think that Chris Carson at the RB 18 value that he's at right now allows you to do certain things while you're drafting that gives you even more of a boost. Okay. So if you can get an RB two in the early fourth round, meaning you got, maybe you went after that Travis Kelsey at the end of the first, or you got you a Stefan Diggs or an Adams or a Hill, you know, and then now you got, you know, your two RBs and your RB twos, Chris Carson, and you got in the fourth. The thing that that value is just screaming at you because I don't think anybody in the fourth round right now, you can really say that. All right. You got Miles Sanders going six spots ahead of Chris Carson. Absolutely not. Nope. I covered that the last game uh, or the last uh, podcast. You have David Montgomery going one spot after him. Rather have Chris Carson. Uh, Josh Jacobs is going nine spots ahead of him. Definitely would rather have uh, Chris Carson. J.K. Dobbins. I would probably have J.K. Dobbins. That one's a close one for me. Let me ask you a question. What's up? Who would you rather have Chris Carson or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Oh, that was tough. Okay. Um, no, I only ask you that. They're back-to-back in my rankings. I need to know if I need to move them up. Right now, I have Clyde one spot higher. I think the tiebreaker is the offense, right? Yes. I think the offense is better, I, I but think... it's close. Who would you rather have? Oh, man. Champ's choice. Champ's choice, right? Yeah. Um, if, they're, if they're right there... I would probably want to go Clyde. Uh, you're going to pay up a little bit more for Clyde, but I think that there's a little bit more work to be had in the passing game, and I think that that's where my that's where my decision goes to because I think he's going to have a little bit more, uh, you know, he's going to have a little bit more options. When it comes to fantasy output. Right. I mean, Chris Carson is not a guy who's catching, you know, 50, 60 exactly. a year, you know, 
would be lucky if he catches two or three a game, you know? So, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. You know, that's why I have Cloud one spot higher than, than yeah, Chris for Carson, sure. I mean, but still, they're an, they're an RB2 for me. Currently, yeah, yeah. Currently yeah, yeah. they're both RB2s, very solid RB2s. I think I want Clyde a little bit more than I want Carson. I do have Clyde a little higher in my rankings than I do Carson. But right now, the value for me is just kind of screaming at me in drafts. And as I do these mock drafts and continue on with my preparations to help you guys out there as well, I just think that the level and the stuff that you can do with your fantasy draft is something that he presents that I don't think anybody else in his tier where he's being drafted presents. Right. I mean, he's a, he's a stable guy. You can rely on him. He's going to be out there. He's going to be carrying the ball. He's going to be getting the ball. He's going to be, you know, he scores touchdowns. He's he's an occasional pass catcher, which is nice. And he's so. not going to see big boxes, you know, because he's tied to, yeah. a, a, you know, the offense that they have. You know, He's a great runner. I love watching sure. him run the ball. All right, so... I'm not going to offer anything else on that one because I completely agree. My last guy, my last value pick, <clears throat> and don't don't tell me this is a homer call because it's not, okay? Antonio Brown, all right? My argument's going to be pretty quick, okay? But it's 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 impactful, okay? So cons- Antonio Brown, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Brown, mic drop. Okay, consensus ADP wide receiver 45 going 116th overall, okay? In 2020... On snaps that he actually played, he had a 20% utilization rate, right? And that's per uh, player profiler, okay? Second in the NFL when he was actually, when he was in the game playing, he only played eight games. 25% of those games, he was a wide receiver one. Now, it's a small sample size. It's eight games, but 25% of those, he was a wide receiver one. The the last, my my last argument right this is the main course okay i gave you two little appetizers okay (laughs) so this is the main course ready bucks top three wide receiver target shares in 2020 okay antonio sorry chris carson wow chris godwin 18.9 percent target share in 2020 he's being drafted as the wide receiver 15 41 overall Mike Evans, 18% target share. Wide receiver, 13, 39 overall. Antonio Brown, 19.9% target share in 2020. A full 2% higher. Sorry, a full 1% higher than Chris Chris Godwin and almost 2% higher than Mike Evans. He's been drafted as the wide receiver, 45, 116th overall. He is going multiple rounds behind these guys, and he's outproducing them. Now, again, smaller sample size, but, I mean, Chris Godwin was hurt most of the season, so his sample size probably roughly the same. Antonio Brown and Tom Brady freaking live together. <laughs> He's got all his legal stuff settled. He's not in any trouble. He's a screaming value in drafts. If you're going to take a shot on a guy in the, in the middle rounds like that, who else are you going to take that's going to give you True wide receiver one, not the wide receiver one, but true like top 12 upside. If an injury happens in the Bucks receiving core, Antonio Brown could be an every week start and he could be a league winner. Because you're drafting league, this is a league winner in like the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round, depending on 
who you're drafting with. Antonio Brown could be a huge steal in drafts in 2021. I am taking him everywhere, everywhere. And I, the, you know, you talk about the, the, the production, right? In 2020, the target shares and all that stuff. My, the main tip here is if you've got teammates that are, have similar production, but the ADP difference is multiple rounds, take the last guy available because it's a better value. I can get the same production in the second. You literally have to take Chris Godwin and Mike Evans in the second round, maybe early third if you're lucky. Why would you spend that pick right there when you can get the exact same, if not better, like we said, 19.9% versus 18.9% versus 18%, right? Yeah. With Antonio Brown sitting at 19.9%, you can get better production at wide receiver 45 prices right now. So in that second round, I'm going to take my second running back or maybe take a shot on a Travis Kelsey or something like that. And then I'm going to get a solid wide receiver two at wide receiver 45. Yeah, absolutely, man. And when we're talking about it, we saw last year that the Carolina Panthers were able to sustain three top 25 wide receivers. Yeah, and, and it's Tom Brady, not Tom Teddy Brady. Bridgewater. Yes, exactly. So, and they don't have a very great run game. And I think that Tom Brady is still slinging the ball, even at age 43. The man's still slinging the ball. Almost, it don't matter. Almost 5,000 yards and, and 40 touchdowns. So, when we're talking about this, like, yes, I 100% agree with you. You know, you're, you're taking Antonio Brown in the ninth or tenth round. Like, that's where he's going right now. So, to find a guy in that value that you could potentially give you wide receiver two finish, you know, and, I mean, with an upside of wide receiver one, it's still Antonio Brown, you know. It, and yeah, His range of outcomes you know, like, is wide receiver. Like, he could be, I, could, I, I would probably say his highest finish is probably, like, wide receiver six through 12. Right at the back half of, of a wide receiver one. Okay. I feel like that's as high as he can probably yeah. get. Especially with an injury. If there's right. an if injury there's an or something in, like then, that, then that's, absolutely. And that's, that's it right there. If there's an injury, I think he gets close to that. He yes. probably is a wide receiver too at with the end of the day. With how the team stands right now, I'm going to go ahead and I'll, I'll temper expectations. I'm going to say wide receiver two, but you're taking him at wide receiver four value. Like, yeah. It, I, 100%, 100%. What wide receiver four are you going to take that has better upside than Antonio exactly. Brown? I 100% agree. And we've man. seen Antonio Brown be the wide receiver one multiple times. Yes. So I can get that guy in ninth, tenth round? Uh, yes, please. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, dude, you ready to cover some breakouts now? Let's go. Three, two, one. Extra sauce. Yeah. Extra sauce on the breakouts. All right, guys. So we just cover our value picks, guys that we think are very good values um, to us, not guys that we necessarily going to break out, maybe take that next step. These guys are the guys that we think are going to take that next step. They're going to, you know, you're, they're lower on your rankings or maybe they're even in the middle and they're you think they're going to be that top tier guy. Uh, just a little breakout uh, for 2021. So we're going to get into it right now. And my first guy is tied to a very, very good quarterback, a very, very good offense, an offense that was scorching the earth in fantasy football land. Like Dak Prescott 
it was a beast, and he was just feeding it to this wide receiver. So C.D. Lamb is going to be my breakout second-year wide receiver. Uh, I'm really hoping that Dak is, you know, at least three-quarters of himself after that injury. You know, I hope he's fully healthy. Uh, but, you know, I, I there might be a little temper. You know, there, he might be a little scared to run the ball sometimes or whatever due to the injury that happened, um, which is – Totally understandable. I don't, I don't know what I would be thinking after an injury like that. Um, but CeeDee Lamb, to me, guys, he is going to be that breakout guy for me. He's currently at ECR 17, going at ADP 47. All right, so you're getting this guy about fifth, sixth round maybe, depending on where you're going. But he's going behind his teammate, Amari Cooper, uh, and – while Dak Prescott was in, this man was showing out. He was proving to you that he was a top wide receiver in that draft for a reason. He was up there with Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, all those guys for a reason. He he's a very very good wide receiver. He was I to me. I know Amari Cooper was that guy that was the possession guy or whatever, but to me. And CeeDee Lamb can be that field stretcher. Dak already showed that he is very, very confident in having this young man be his wide receiver too. He already pushed Michael Gallup down in the depth chart. I think that... Get out the way. For sure, man. I think that this kid is just going to be a superstar in the league for years to come. I think that this offense is poised to be just as explosive as it was when Dak was there weeks one through four. And I just think sky's the limit, man. He already had, you know, wide receiver one numbers last year. He produced them. Uh, and I think especially in PPR where, you know, he stretches the field. He, he's that guy that's over the middle of the field for Dak Prescott, you know, and, and can make those splash plays opposite to uh, the possession type receiver of Amari Cooper. I love CeeDee Lamb, man. I absolutely love CeeDee Lamb. You you always want to draft receivers that are in, or fantasy options in top half of the league. You know, as as far as top scoring offenses, right? You want a top, you know, I'd say top fifteen scoring offense. You want players in those offenses because there's more scoring opportunities. There's more opportunities for production. You know, if you got a bottom offense like the Jets last year, weren't producing anybody of note, you know, fantasy relevant, right? They weren't producing, you know, high-end players. So you want to get guys that are in great offenses. And like you said before, Dallas was scorching the earth last year. I fully support this, Justin. CeeDee Lamb's a great player. Yeah, I definitely think that we could be talking about CeeDee Lamb being a wide receiver one at the end of the year. Oh, 100%. All right. My first breakout, you already talked about his teammate earlier. My first breakout is going to be Jerry Judy. All right. Wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Now, let's let's do a little asterisk, a little fine print, okay? This is assuming Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, okay? <laughs> I'm going to hammer that point home. Teddy B has to be the quarterback for this to work. Here's some stats about Jerry Judy, okay? Number two in the NFL last year in unrealized air yards. 965 unrealized air yards. Now, what that means is... So, like, Drew Locke didn't realize how... 
bar he was throwing? Or? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so Jerry Judy was just running wild all over the field, and just the ball was not being completed to him. The ball was nowhere near him. He was seventh in the NFL in deep targets among wide receivers with 25, one of the least efficient wide receivers in 2020. It's not his fault. It's not his fault, man. He was 54th in yards per route run, 76th in yards per target, 102 among wide receivers in target quality. This is all per player profile, player profiler, okay? 106th in quarterback rating. Teddy Bridgewater supported three top 25 wide receivers in 2020. He was number one in the NFL in accuracy rating per player profiler and seventh in catchable pass rate per player profiler. Okay. 13th in deep ball completion percentage. Teddy Bridgewater is a massive, massive, massive upgrade over Drew Locke. Jerry Judy is going to break out this year because of Teddy Bridgewater. The fact that he's going to get competent quarterback play, he already showed that he can be, you know, he's he's a great route runner. If you watch the film, just turn on the film with Jerry Judy. You find a way to get the all 22. Just, just, just turn on the film. He's consistently open. Yes, he had drops last year. He had he had a problem with drops. But he had one of the worst quarterback ratings in the NFL. He had one of the worst target qualities in the NFL. So, yeah, he's wide open. He's dropping balls. But the targets that he's getting are terrible, or they were terrible last year. So you can't really blame the guy for producing poorly. If the ball's thrown three feet above your head, and you, or, you know, and you go up to and you miss it, like who you can't really be blamed for that because the targets are terrible. Like the ball is just no, it's his catchable percentage, the Drew Locke's catchable uh, pass percentage was shockingly low. Okay. He's getting a massive upgrade at quarterback. Jerry Judy is an elite route runner. He's a high draft capital player for the Denver Broncos. He's not coming off an ACL injury like Cortland Sutton. He's got already in training, you know, in OTAs and minicamps, he's beat reporters are coming glowing about the relationship between him and Teddy Bridgewater. So I think he could be the go-to guy. He's great in the slot. He's great outside. They have a tight end who can work the middle of the field. You know, they have a solid offense that he doesn't have to see number one corners every week either. Because if Cortland Sutton really is the guy that everybody that you, Justin, think he is, and honestly, me, if you look at my rankings, he is, I, I'm pretty high on Cortland Sutton too, but I'm also high on Jerry Judy. Man, and it fits into my narrative too of draft the guy who's going later in ADP, who is a teammate of a player that's going really high. Jerry Judy, to me, Massive breakout season in 2021. Yeah, man, I I, I agree, but I mean, uh, we've said it on this podcast already. I just don't know what the who it's going to be. I really do want it to be Teddy. I don't know if it's going to be Drew or Teddy. I I love Jerry Judy a lot more than if it is Teddy. Obviously, we've we've covered it. He's shown us that he can support that. Drew Locke has not shown us that he can take those necessary steps to to become a NFL leading leading an NFL team an all season long. Um, for me, I, I, I like the pick. I, I do. I think to me that Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy is is really similar to the Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, like 
you know, Cortland to me is more of that possession type guy. Uh, I really think that Jerry Judy, it can be a very good breakout. But what are we talking? What are you talking about? Like right now, he's gonna be, uh, he's ECR thirty eight, so he's you know in that borderline wide receiver three range. Are you thinking like wide receiver two? You thinking what? What? What are you thinking? I currently have him as my wide receiver twenty two. Okay, so a wide receiver two for me. So what would be a breakout for you? Like knocking into the wide receiver one or like high end wide receiver no, two? No, I or? think it's I think it's realistic realistic to expect him to be a wide receiver two. I have him ranked that way. I don't. Th- I, yeah, you got him as a low one, but I'm talking about like a yeah, higher in the teens. I think he can get closer to a wide receiver one. Again, it all depends on if Teddy Bridgewater is a starter week one. If he is, I feel like he can be a solid wide receiver too. Rumors are flying around about Aaron. If if for whatever reason Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback, why I I feel I I'm I would be confident projecting him to be. A low end one. Oh yeah, if Aaron Rodgers, this guy's the limit for for all these guys. Right. So, I mean, I'm not projecting Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback there because I think that situation is a little little crazy right now for all that. But as it currently stands right now, Teddy Bridgewater, the quarterback, I think it's realistic to expect or to project him as a wide receiver two for this season. I think he can make that jump, and I think Cortland Sutton can be up there too. I mean, I think he'll finish higher than Cortland Sutton. But that's that's pretty bold, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's it's not the consensus opinion, but I, that's where I would have him go, have him going. So, all right, man. All right, who's your next guy? All right, my next guy. Uh, I believe this guy is going to break out onto the scene. Uh, he's a rookie, just got drafted, very high draft capital. Uh, Devontae Smith is to me uh, the former Heisman winner is just just I think poised to be in a very good spot especially where he's being ranked and where he's being utilized. I'm not saying I'm not going to come out here and say he's going to do Justin Jefferson type numbers or, uh, you know, uh, like high wide receiver one numbers or nothing like that. But he's being taken as the wide receiver 41. His ADP is 115. All right. This guy is going like late, late rounds. Okay. He's going in that nine, 10 rounds. And when we're talking about a possible league winner, and a guy that could break out on the scene and to me is the best wide receiver on his team right now with a young quarterback in Jalen Hurts who likes to who is very mobile and can like to move around a lot and, and, and wait to find his guy. I think Devontae Smith could be that guy. Devontae Smith is being uh hyped up in training camps. He's looking good. Uh, you know, a lot of people, oh, his weight. That's the only argument you got against this guy is his weight and i understand he's a little bit smaller whatever the case may be but the dude has he it's not like he played at a smaller school in college he still played for alabama like you know what i'm saying like he still he was had to going go. up against elite competition yes. in practice and in games exactly so. and this guy i think is gonna come right out the gate you see these rookie wide receivers coming out and just showing out year one i think we're in for another spectacular year for multiple wide receivers. But I think when we're talking about rookie wide receivers at the end of the season, I think Devontae Smith is going to be the number one guy that we're talking about. Ooh, that's nice. Yep. All right. Uh, my next guy is running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris. Okay. Now, I think I kind of broke the rules a little bit about break. You know, we were talking about breakouts that are 
you know, maybe they're not top round guys, right? He's he's he should be drafted in the top two rounds. So it's not really a middle round guy who could break out, right? Najee Harris. He's in line. My argument for this is going to be very short and sweet. Okay. He's in for a massive workload. Okay. Big Ben's arm, not it. Okay. Their, their average depth target last year was in the fives, which is pretty freaking low. I think that with the, you know, additions and subtractions to their offensive line, I think they got better on that front. He's going to step in. I, how do you not give him 300 touches? Okay. In 2020 at, at Alabama, Najee Harris had 294 touches with a 5.8 yard per car- yards per carry and a 13 13.4% target share in 13 games. With a 16 <laughs> with a 17 game NFL season, it's very reasonable to project him over 300 touches. He had 294 in 13 games. Now, does he play a full 17? Probably not. He probably plays probably somewhere around, you know, I I I would say I'd be comfortable with like 15 or 16 games played, you know, missing one, maybe one and a half or something like that. But man, Najee Harris in for a massive workload. Volume is king. He's a great receiver. He's a well-rounded back. He's got the first round draft capital. He's got he's in an offense with a quarterback that he's not mobile, so the goal line work is there for him. He's not a J.K. Dobbins that's going to lose goal line work or red zone touches to Lamar Jackson. He is with Ben Roethlisberger, who is basically a statue, and he's going to be dumping the ball off quick. Like you saw, remember, okay, just think, last year, Alex Smith, given J.D. McKissick over 100 targets, because Alex Smith can't run or scramble. So if Ben is pressured, he's going to be dumping off the Najee Harris left, right, and center. And then you... Add in the fact that he's going to carry the ball 250, 275, easy. Like that's that's easy projection right there. This guy's going to be he's in for a massive workload. I believe in him. I'm is I'm not like this isn't a hot take by any stretch. I mean his he's being drafted in the in the top two rounds and rightfully so. I have him as a top ten running back and man, right now I got him sitting one spot behind Aaron Jones at RB nine. <laughs> in half-point PPR, and I'm going to smash taking Najee Harris in the second round this year. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, his current ADP is actually going in the, in the first half of the third round. So I that, think that's too low. Yeah. No, I, I, I do too. Way too I, low. 100%. And I think a lot of the hype that we were getting out of Clyde and Jonathan Taylor and all those guys from last year, I think that this guy is even better than what those guys were projecting. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like this, this is the perfect opportunity for this guy to succeed. Like we can, we just saw not too long ago what Le'Veon Bell could do in this type of offense, like with this quarterback. And, and that was when big Ben was a little bit younger. You know what I'm saying? He didn't move. He was never that rushing guy, but at least he was a little bit mobile, you know what I'm saying? Like couldn't get out of the pocket or whatever. I'll throw one last thing in here for Najee Harris. You ready? Remember my argument about Mike Davis? Yes. Who is behind Najee Harris oh, on the depth chart right now? 100%. They drafted this Absolutely guy. Absolutely draft capital. You're not going to hand you're not going to take Najee Harris off the field for Benny Snell. Yeah. You're not going to take him off for Anthony McFarland who weighs 20 pounds soaking wet. Najee Harris is going to be on the field so much yes. in his rookie year. He's Running already backs, been sent home from training camp for too much work. 
Like, I did. You you're know, working too obviously, hard. you know, we listen to other podcasts. We do some, you know, we read articles, stuff like that. JJ Zacharyson had a podcast episode talking about running backs. The prime age for a running back is 21 to 23. That early, it does not take any time for running backs to break out. Oh, for sure. They are in their prime, fresh out the gate. It's not a wide receiver or a tight end that takes a couple years to get into the off, get into the NFL. He is a, he's a workhorse running back and he's going to be one from day one. Super excited for Najee Harris. Justin, your last breakout for 2021. Who you got? All right, man. I'm going to go into the tight end landscape and I'm going to give my breakout, my last breakout. It's going to be TJ Hawkinson. Now, a lot of people, you know, they're thinking, obviously, you don't want guys on bad teams, uh, you know, whatever, you know, bad teams equals bad fantasy output, all this stuff. All right. This is what I'm going to break down. TJ Hawkinson is being drafted right now as tight end number five. Okay. And I I agree with you. you you're going to have to maybe chase him a little bit. He's actually the tight end four in ECR now with an ADP of 53. So you're getting him in those middle rounds. All right. But who is on this roster that can take away him being a number one option? Nobody. To, to me, he is the number one option when it comes to pass catchers on this offense. All right. And Jared Cook, or not even Jared, sorry, Jared Oof is a, he's a decent, he's a, he's capable, competent, you know, he's able to get it to a tight end. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's able to get it to a tight end who's seven yards down the field. I believe in that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But he's also in a very prime position to, he's in the same position that Darren Waller was in. A couple years ago, like two years ago, that he had his breakout season. There is nobody else on this is a very similar team to how the Raiders were a couple years ago and how they still are, to be honest with you. This is why Darren Waller is getting 13 targets, 15 targets a game. There's nobody else. Okay. Yes, they have Henry Ruggs. He is being miscast right now. He's not being utilized. So it's uh, Henry Ruggs. They have a good. Decent running back, and now a duo. Jamal Williams is is not a scrub. He's a good running back. Yeah, and the two duos that they He's have. He's the A back. Yeah, and <laughs> um, but Hawkinson is to me, and I'm projecting this is the number one option in this team. I don't care about Tyrell Williams. I don't care about uh, Bashar Perryman, Quintus Cephas, none of that. I think that Jared Goff is going to rely on TJ Hawkinson a lot. And even though this is a bad offense, I believe that TJ Hawkinson can take a step forward and be that league winning difference maker. And you can get them behind these guys like, you know, Waller, Kittle, Kelsey. Obviously, those are the top three guys. But after that, you can wait and get him in that. Sixth, seventh round, maybe something like that, and he can be a difference maker, and he can maybe, maybe we're talking about him, just like we're talking about Waller in a sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it the the team's not changing; it's still the same Raiders team, but we're still talking about Darren Waller being the number two or the number three guy in tight end landscape. Like, maybe Hawkinson's in that same situation if they don't improve these pass catchers. Did you see the tight end you? Thing that happened over the weekend? Oh no, I didn't. 
So I guess Kittle and Kelsey put on this big event and they yeah, invited no, all the yeah, titans. Yeah, I know what it is. I just didn't watch it. Uh, well, it wasn't like an event on TV or anything, but they were, you know, it was all over social media not and read stuff. about it, so I not watch it, but I didn't oh, Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Hawkinson actually won the, like, best overall tight end at the tight end U this year. So, hey, man, that's... that's uh, you, man. I that's think probably that... an award given by his peers. You know, yeah. I would assume that they voted on it. The dude has massive upside. And you're right. I mean, there's no one else there. I mean, we'll see. Can Jared Oof do it? Hopefully. I I I have very confident. <laughs> I am very confident that he could see a lot, a lot, of, a lot of targets. Bro, I like, mean, this could be this could be a Logan Thomas situation where he may not be a guy who's like a dynamic, you know, field stretch. He's not. The, he's not going to be Kelsey, right? Yeah. Or he's not going to be Darren Waller. But he could be a guy that scores a lot of touchdowns. He could be a guy who has a lot of volume. Um, Especially in PPR and half PPR. Like, he could be very valuable. Yeah. For sure. He could probably be like a low thousand yard receiver. Yeah. He could probably get get to a thousand. Uh, I think volume's there. But mostly out of necessity, I believe. For sure. I think volume's there. And I I really do believe this man is probably going to break out this year. All right. So I've got one left. And we're going to talk about the guy that, if we had this podcast last year, this would have been one of my guys, too. Tight end for the New England Patriots, Jonu Smith. Okay, Consensus ADP, tight end 13, going 148th overall. Argument for Jonu Smith. Okay, Number one, that, that dude got paid. Okay, Paid big time. First tight end to sign. In free agency. He's still trying to bring all that money to the bank. <laughs> <He's>, yeah. <laughs> uh, he has the number one easiest strength to schedule for tight ends in 2021. And that's per fantasy pros. Okay. Tight, he was the tight end three weeks one through five in 2020. In 2020. For all of you breakout age, you know, guys out there who, who like that stuff. 100th percentile in breakout age. Okay. Now that's... um. You know, for the for everyone else who doesn't read into that stuff, it's the lower the breakout age, the better the player is, right? So his breakout age was at eighteen, which is really freaking good. Like it's it's like when at what age did the, a certain player reach a certain threshold of production, right? And the lower it is, the better the player is. Right? Yeah. So he had a hundredth percentile, which is like you can't get better than that, okay? 93rd percentile college dominator. So in college, he had he was in the 93rd percentile as far as total team production. Like percentage of the team's production, he was a dominant player on his college team. Okay? And in 2020, he was third in total touchdowns for the tight end for tight ends. 20.9 touchdown rate. Now that now I just threw that number in there because it's massive. Okay. You look at, you know, Historic quarterback seasons like the Mahomes 50 touchdown year, his touchdown rate was like 9% or something like that, which is crazy good. Crazy good. I think Tom Brady's career touchdown rate is in the 5 or 6%. So the fact that Johnny Smith had a 20.9% touchdown rate is kind of crazy. Um, <clears throat> but 11th in yards after catch with 3.7 yards per target he would get after the catch, which is extra fantasy points that he's getting. You know, you look at guys like Logan Thomas and all those guys catching the ball, getting tackled, right? Guys that aren't making a whole lot of stuff happen after the catch. Johnny Smith is a superior athlete and can do that stuff. He can 
he can make people miss. He can. He's fast. He's he's strong. He's physical. Like he's a great tight end. Okay. New England in 2020 had an eight percent tight end target share, but they were throwing to guys like Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. Who? Exactly. Oh, okay. So they went out and signed the two the two top available tight ends in free agency in Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. They knew that their tight end group last year was not good. So they had to replace them with elite players. They paid Johnny Smith more. I'm following the money. They didn't sign a receiver that I really think could move the needle and take away targets from Johnny Smith. He's a he's one of those late round guys. You know, I talked about uh Tyler Higby earlier. He's being drafted outside of the tight end one range, so tight end thirteen. I feel like he can t- he can finish top eight. Like, yeah. The, the, like we said before, the difference between tight end five and tight end twelve was eighteen points. Jonu Smith can be used in a multitude of ways. He can carry the ball in in Tennessee. He lined up in the backfield and took handoffs from Ryan Tannehill. It happened. Okay, whether you, anybody <laughs> wants to admit it or not, he was getting carries. He, I saw him get a jet sweep in a goal line formation to score a touchdown last year. It can happen. He's a guy that has massive touchdown upside in an offense that has no true number one wide receiver. Same situation as Detroit and TJ Hawkinson. Jonu Smith can come in and actually be utilized. And, man, I'm super excited about Jonu Smith. I'll be taking him in probably every last round I'm in in draft season. Yeah, man. Uh, And the only other thing I got to say about that is we've already seen the success that could be had in a two tight end set in New England. It's in recent memory that you can – We've seen the success. We've seen what Bill Belichick can draw up and um, McDaniel's can draw up. We know it. I do like John Smith as a as a later round guy. I'm not going to be reaching at him, but I definitely see the breakout season that could be happening. I mean, honestly, I don't and, think it's possible to reach on him in drafts. Because, no, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's mean, going, he's going 148th overall in a 12 12 team draft with 15 or 16 rounds. You're only making 180 picks. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, he's not going to be a reach anywhere unless you take, you know what I mean? Like, his ADP right now, like, I just don't think it's possible to reach on him. No, I, I yeah. So, I mean. I like it. I, I can see the breakout. I'm hoping it happens because I was a big John New guy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I kind of hope that, you know, the breakout does happen. And he comes onto the scene and, I mean, like you know, I said, next was- year we're talking about. You know, Janu in those middle rounds or something like that, or yeah. you know, and I hope not because then I won't be drafting. <laughs> but but uh, late round tight end smash. Tight yeah, end. man, absolutely. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Remember to follow the show and us hardworking dads on Twitter and Facebook. Links will be in the description. Twitter handles pigskin underscore J Gonzo and pigskin underscore D Rock. Sleeper show drops next week. Justin, man, take it away, bro. Yeah, man. Sleeper Show is next week, and we appreciate you guys tuning in this week for our values and our breakouts. Uh, Thank you guys for sticking with us throughout this journey. We hope to hear from you guys and let us know how we are doing. Thank you for all the support. Like my buddy Derek said, please follow us on all social media and on our podcast. Please subscribe. We have a good one. See you.